are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day you're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.MyPortfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. In case I forgot to mention, my name is Miller Thomas, host of this podcast. Go follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for those handles. Now, for today's pod, we're talking uh, a few things. I got uh, another free agent that I think could be, you know, hopefully in play for the D-backs, who I think they should target. I want to talk a little bit about the voting for uh, the MVP and Cy Young Award. And then we got the the continued discussion over the MLB.com's free agent tier rankings. We're going to look at tier two today, tell you which free agents the Diamondbacks should consider targeting. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Diamondbacks, to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, I first want to start with the MVP voting because if you guys didn't see, the Dodgers, not the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks got shut out of the 2020 NL MVP voting. They did not have a, a player collect any votes, did not garner one fifth place, seventh place, any votes. And this was the first season since 2014 that no Arizona player has received a mention. Last year, we had Keto Marte finishing fourth in MVP voting. I hope you guys don't forget that. I know it was a short in 2020 season, but it felt like a long season with how bad the D-backs played and how long it dragged on for. It felt like a pretty long season, and there was definitely no MVPs on the roster this season. And to think this is the first time the D-backs didn't have a player with a vote since 2014 really just kind of crystallizes and puts it to perspective how atrocious the D-backs really were in 2020. I mean, if you always had at least one player on your team that was considered an MVP kind of candidate, that means your team was at least semi-relevant for the last, you know, six years, I would have to assume, since 2014. And when you look at the D-backs, a record in baseball over the last six years, they are relevant enough to have that MVP candidate. I mean, outside of 2020, 2019, 85 games, they won 18, 82 games, 93, 69 games in 2016. That's not a lot, but 79 in 2015, only 64 games in 2014. So 2014 and 2016 saw below 71 seasons, but you still have Paul Goldschmidt on those teams. And we just know he was the kind of guy to get an MVP vote because he was just too good. I mean, he was a first baseman 
getting over 300 batting average, uh, OBP over 400 usually, great slugging, 30 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 90 plus ribbies, uh, a great war, great defense player. He did it all pretty much for the Diamondbacks, so it was easy to see why he would garner MVP votes, but when you see the Diamondbacks this season, I know they struggled, I know they they had a terrible season, but the fact that they didn't have... The fact that they didn't have any players even get one vote just shows you how bad of a team this roster is currently constructed and how there's just not that much star power or talent on the team. Now, they got some good players on the team. I think Ketel Marte Marte can still be that MVP kind of guy. I'd still like Eduardo Espar. Hopefully, he can have a bounce back. I like Christian Walker a lot. I like David Peralta and Cole Cajun as my my two corner outfielders. But are there any players on that roster who I I would just absolutely, who I just think are untouchable? No. Maybe Ketel Marte and Zach Gallen. That's about the only two. Anyone else on the roster, I don't have a huge affinity for. And I think pretty much anyone else on that roster... I wouldn't be upset if you said they needed to be upgraded. I think this roster has a lot of holes, and I think they need to add a lot of talent to get better, not just in pitching, not just in the bullpen, but in that starting lineup too. I think if you look around the infield, they could definitely probably use a, a upgrade at shortstop. You gotta wonder if Eduardo Espar is gonna continue his decline. You're missing a center fielder. Maybe you wanna upgrade Cole Calhoun if you want more than just a power hitting slugger. So the D backs have a lot of questions considering how bad they're, uh, considering they didn't have one MVP candidate. And it all goes back to their starting lineup, how they don't have enough talent in that starting lineup. And then if you look at the Cy Young voting too, at least we can say Zach Gallon got two fifth place votes and I think with the Zach Gallon voting I think I was a little disappointed that he didn't get more votes more more I'm not saying Zach Gallon had to win the Cy Young but I thought he was more deserving than some of the guys that finished ahead of Zach Gallon I mean a guy like Devin Williams who was just a rookie had one more vote than Zach Gallon and I don't think he was a better pitcher this season than Zach Gallon so when I'm looking at this voting, I feel like Zach Allen got a little disrespected here. I'm not saying he had to win it all, but he could have finished with more than just two fifth-place votes. At least get the man three fifth-place votes. I thought he had an incredible season. He continued his streak to begin the year. of uh, He had like 10 consecutive starts to begin the year of allowing three earned runs or fewer to continue the longest streak in MLB history to start your career, of allowing three earned runs or fewer to start your major league career. So... Zach Allen was still dealing this year. He still had a phenomenal season. So I would have liked to see him get a little bit more love when it comes to the voting because I thought he was really deserving. And I thought he was the only reason that made the D-backs stomachable to watch because that's how bad they were this season. And Zach Allen was pretty much the only bright spot for this team. Now, I want to segue to this because Bleach Report kind of did their odds of Every team's chances, every team's chances to land DJ LeMayu in free agency, and they even did it by tiers. And they said uh, they had this one tier, their their worst tier actually. It's called the not a chance tier, which teams don't have a chance to get uh, DJ LeMayu. And in this tier, they actually have a picture of Ketel Marte because they have the D-backs ranked 26 among teams in their chances to get DJ LeMayu. And they said after wildly disappointing. 2020 season, the D-backs are likely headed for some roster retooling. 
And the last thing they need is another high-priced veteran on the books after signing Madison Bumgarner to a five-year, $85 million deal last winter. Even if they were gearing up to contend, there are more pressing needs than second base where Ketal Marte is entrenched. And that is true about, you know, there might be more pressing needs, but I don't think uh, the, the what else they said is true about they don't need another high-priced veteran on the books after signing Madison Bumgarner. I can concede that might not be the most pressing issue, but I wouldn't say because of what they did last year in free agency by signing Madison Bumgarner, they should be deterred away from signing DJ LeMayu. I would love the D-back to sign LeMayu because he's an offensive stud. They could definitely use him in the middle of that lineup. Now, I wouldn't give him a long-term deal. I wouldn't go five years. He's already a guy who's about 34, 35 years old, maybe 33. I would have to look up his age, but he's in his mid-30s. And I think a two- or three-year deal would be perfect for LeMayu. And Ketal Marte has shown that he could play center field, which is already a hole that the D-backs have to fill after trading Starling Marte at the trade deadline last season. So the D-backs has signed LeMayu and moved Ketal Marte to center field. I think that would be great for the team. And if not, well, maybe the D-backs would keep Ketal Marte at second base. And if the NL keeps the universal DH rule, then put DJ LeMayu at DH. And then boom, you got a guy that can lead the National League in batting average, get you a lot of uh, run scoring production, get you a guy who can get on base pretty much whenever he wants and create more run scoring opportunities. So I love DJ LeMayu. I really hope the D-backs go after him. I hope the D-backs don't get ghost. I hope the D-backs don't go stingy this offseason when it comes to the salary cap, but we'll see a lot of these teams are going to go stingy. A lot of them don't want to pay that tax. The pandemic is really killing these teams financially. So hopefully the D-backs are able to salvage their season, their offseason and go get a, a big time free agent like DJ LeMayu. Now, I'll look at the Tier 2 free agents on MLB.com and tell you which of those free agents the Diamondbacks should be targeting off the Tier 2 of MLB.com's free agent tier rankings. But first, let me tell you guys about Bilt Bar because Bilt Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. That's why I love them. They're great for the health-conscious guy like me because they help me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now because Built Bar reset their promo code for this relaunch. You get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Now let's go through these uh, tier two free agent rankings courtesy of MLB.com and choose which players the Diamondbacks should go after. It's about 12 guys, so we're just going to run through this thing pretty quickly and not waste any time. So the first one on here, oh, 
That's not the first one, actually. The first one on here that they have is Michael Brantley. And I like Michael Brantley a lot. He's a guy who he's an outfielder, and he could play a few different positions, especially, especially that center field position. He hasn't played it a ton in the recent future, or in the recent past, I should say. But he has played center field throughout his career. He's about 34 years old, so he's in his mid-30s. But... He's been an all-star three of the last four years. It was another 300. Uh, he batted 300 again once again this season. Been pretty much 300 the last like five years. A great hitter, great at OBP, great at OPS. He could get you 20-plus home runs. He can steal you 10-plus bags. I'm a big Michael Brantley guy, and if he doesn't break the bank, I'm all in on signing Michael Brantley to be the center fielder for a three-year deal. Next up is Alex Colomb, who is a pitcher. Uh, he, he had a pretty great season, honestly, in 2020. He's still only 31 years old. He finished 18 games, saved 12 of them, uh, had 22 innings pitch, only gave up two earned runs. His strikeouts per nine is pretty low. He's not really a strikeout guy, 6.4 strikeouts per nine. Only 3 point, or uh, not only 3.2, but his 3.2 walks per nine is a little high, but he had a .81 ERA in 2020. He's a career 2.95 ERA pitcher throughout his entire career, dating back to 2013. That's a career 2.95 ERA, so he's been great for a long time now. He led the league in saves in 2017 with 47. I think Alex Coloma is a pretty sneaky good closer, so I'm all in on the D-backs signing Alex Colomb to be their closer of the future. Next up, we got Nelson Cruz, and this guy is just an enigma. Uh, he had the PED suspension a couple years ago, uh, probably a few years ago now, but it didn't matter. He's he's the weirdest guy out there. I mean, he turned what? When did his career really take off? I mean, he's been a pretty good player since, really, he turned 28 years old in 09. That's when he made his first All-Star appearance. But then he became this 40-home run guy at the age of 33, which coincides right with his PED boost. But still, last season, he had 41 home runs at age 38. This season, 16 home runs in the shortened season. Still been a 300 hitter pretty much. Just near that the last five years. Can still get old, get on base at about a 380 clip. Got the power. And if the DH stays in the National League, I think Nelson Cruz will be the perfect player for that. So I'm in on Nelson Cruz if he could be the DH for the Dimebacks at age 40. Sign him to a two-year deal and see what can happen. Next is Kevin Gosman, who had a great bounce-back season, a little bit of a rejuvenation season with the Giants after struggling for majority of his career with the high expectations of a pretty high uh, prospect. And his career ERA is 4-2-6. It was not too bad, but in 2020, he was a 3-6-2 ERA. He pitched 60 innings, looked really good, 11.9 strikeouts per nine, only 2.4 walks per nine, a whip of 1.1, which was the best of his career, 1.106. I should say so I like Kevin Gosman I think the D-backs rotation could use uh, I think he use one more starter I'm not too sure on who they want their first start to be Caleb Smith Taylor Clark but if you want to go out there and sign Kevin Gosman to be to be your fifth starter I think that'd be a pretty smart move by the D-backs I like Gosman I'll be in on Kevin Gosman who's still only 29 years of age next up is D.D. Gregorius the former Arizona Diamondback shortstop can he come back uh i'm always in uh you know i've been on board with upgrading the shortstop position over nick ahmed but i don't think dd's that big of an upgrade honestly he showed 
uh, back when he played with the Yankees that he could be a 20-plus home run guy, but he misses a good amount of games in his career. He struggles with his health. His OBP, or uh, not his OBP, his batting average usually isn't super high. He's usually around 260, 270, and his OBP is pretty low, only a 315 career OBP person, and so... For a guy that doesn't get on base a ton and with Nick Ahmed actually getting better with runners in scoring position and coming through and, you know, just being overall clutch and starting to produce more RBIs and things of that nature. I'm actually in on Nick Ahmed right now. If you're telling me the upgrade is DD Gregorius, I'm going to keep Nick Ahmed over DD for now. Next up is Brad Hand, who I think is just an underrated free agent. I think he could be a steal for D-backs. Led the American League in saves this season. Led the American League in games finished this season. 205 ERA. Uh, strikeouts per 9, 11.9 this year. Walks per 9 was only 1.6. Really good. Been really good the last few seasons here. All-star in 2017, 2018, and 2019. He's a free agent, only 30 years of age. Diamondbacks should go get him if they want uh, an elite-level closer. Next up is Liam Hendricks, who actually finished higher than Zach Allen in the Cy Young Award voting. And he started uh, He started no games this year. He was a relief pitcher, and I don't know. Well, he did finish higher than Zach Allen in uh, Cy Young voting, but they finished tied, same amount of votes, and he was an all-star in 2019 with a 1-8 ERA. He only started two games last year. He's more of a middle reliever, long reliever, and this is a guy whose back-to-back seasons has been dominant after having a career 4.1 ERA. He's going to be 32 years old, but the last two seasons he's had as a relief pitcher have been Pretty great, honestly. So if he can keep it going, I would really like him. He's been a really great strikeout artist. 13.1 exactly the last two seasons. His numbers have just really spiked the last like three years. Maybe he changed something in his mechanics. So I'm in on Liam Hendricks if he's not an expensive option. Maybe around 5 to $6 million. I'm all in on Liam Hendricks for that kind of deal. Next up is James McCann, a catcher. The D-backs could be in the market for a catcher, but I don't think uh, James McCann is moving, you know, mountains for me. He had a really good 2019 when he was an all-star, 273 average, 18 home runs. But I believe Carson Kelly could do that. I don't know if he could hit. I don't know if he's going to hit as good as 273, but I have full belief he can get 18 home runs because he's done it before. So if you're telling me I'm going to get a catcher that's going to give me similar production of Carson Kelly, I might as well keep Carson Kelly. Next up is Jake Ordizzi, who seems to have a lot of suitors right now. And he's coming off a 2019 season that was pretty great, where he made an all-star team. 3-5-1 ERA, first all-star team of his career, but 2020 was not kind to him. A 6-5-9 ERA, only pitched 13 innings, so maybe people wonder, you know, just a weird year, the pandemic, maybe the 2019 season's more aligned with what he is, but because Jake Ordizzi's been pretty up and down throughout his career, he still has a 3-9-2 career ERA, which is not too bad, but if you look at his uh, career stats, it's like every other year, pretty much, it either goes above four or below four. So because of that, I want a guy with a little bit more consistency, a little bit of a higher ceiling. So because of that, I'm out on Jake Ordizzi. Next up, we got Marcus Simeon, who I'm actually 
in on a lot. This guy finished third in MVP voting in 2019, and he's been pretty good uh, the last couple of seasons, I want to say. I mean, really, his 2020 wasn't impressive at all. He had a really bad 2020. 2019 was really good for him, and it was, 2019 was kind of a breakout for him, I want to say. Maybe 2019 was the aberration, actually. 2018, he was just okay, 255 average, 706 OPS with uh, 15 home runs, and he played 160 games. But 2016, he had uh, 27 home runs at least. Still, batting average in OBP was pretty low. This is a guy who's only 322 career OBP, and outside 2019, his numbers throughout the rest of his career really don't align. So if you're telling me I could get Marcus Simeon for like a two-year deal, I think I would do it. He's only going to be 31 years old, or he's actually going to be 30 years old. I think he is better than Nick Ahmed. I'm not entirely sure how much better, but I do think he would be an upgrade. I think I would take Marcus Simeon over Nick Ahmed. Next up, we got Andrelton Simmons, who we know is a defensive stud. We know he's got the same defensive capabilities of uh, Nick Ahmed, but offensively, is he that much better? Probably not. He's only a career 269 hitter, career 317 OBP, career 696 OPS, which is really low. Just to have a ton of pop, only cracked double-digit home runs three times in his uh, nine-year career. Uh He's cracked double digits in stolen bases four times in his career, but no more than 10, three of those four times. So he's not really a speedster. He's not really a power guy. Doesn't hit for a high average. Gets on base at a pretty low rate. Has no slugging whatsoever. He's the same kind of defensive player that Nick Ahmed is. Nick Ahmed is probably better defensively. It's really a toss-up, but because he's not really giving me a big upgrade offensively at shortstop, I might as well just keep Nick Ahmed over Andrelton Simmons. Andrelton Simmons, Andrelton Simmons, Marcus Stroman, pitcher. We know he's a stud. He's got uh, a track record of being elite, all-star in 2019. He didn't pitch at all in 2020, but I don't think the D-backs could afford this guy. I think he's going to, you know, I think he's going to get a big deal. I think he's going to stay with the Mets. I would love for the D-backs to sign Marcus Stroman, but I don't think it's realistic. Didn't realize it was only 5'7", pretty short guy, but... I'm out on Strowman just because I don't think he's a realistic option for the Diamondbacks. And then finally, Justin Turner is a little bit older, 35 years old, going to be 36. We just saw the coronavirus debacle, but he's still a guy that could get you 20-plus home runs. Pretty good OBP, pretty great OBP, actually. Pretty good batting average. He's a stud offensively. And if the D-backs, if the National League keeps the DH rule, he's actually a guy I would want in my DH spot, I think he's the perfect kind of DH, especially in the later stages of his career. So I'm all in on Justin Turner if he could be the DH of the Arizona Dimebacks. Now that's for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow with more D-backs news coverage and insight. It's your team every day. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter, on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Don't forget to check out Locked On. NBA because they're doing their NBA mock drafts right now. So go check that out. Lockdown NBA. And as I already said, don't forget to stay safe and stay healthy because that's the most important thing you could do right now. Deuces!